This podcast is dedicated to the memory of David Faraday, Betty Lou Jensen, Darlene Farron, Cecilia Shepard, and Paul Stein, and to Michael Mejot and Brian Hartnell. This is Zodiac Speaking, a classic 10 point podcast. I'm your host, Chris Garcia. It takes a perfect storm for a suspect like Richard Gajkowski to come to the top of a lot of people's expectations. And there are good and bad reasons for that. But the reality is, Gajkowski, at least from the people who knew him, it didn't seem like this would have been his thing. He was more about the exploration of the thought of violence, as opposed to actual violence. There may be some small exceptions to that, but it doesn't seem likely. But as the research and the investigation has gone forward, he has become more and more well-placed in that realm. And it makes sense. It really does. One, with the distance that we have now, we have to look for snippets of things. One, we know that the Zodiac made references to piggies and to the cops being incompetent and so forth. So in the investigative mind, you have to look for other people who have done things, particularly writing about things, that would be anti-police. The use of piggies, by the way, is also part of what got Bruce Davis and the Manson family involved, but that's neither here nor there. The idea that Richard Gajkowski was writing anti-police work ties into that very neatly. So we have this seed that then grows, and you see how this idea, once you have that seed, it goes from there, and you start to look for things that fit that mold. What other things does Gajkowski have that makes him look good for the Zodiac crimes? And there, there are a few. His articles supposedly make a roadmap of the Zodiac crimes, and that's not totally unfair. But it's also, you could look at a lot of people who are writing about fictionalized versions of the Jack the Ripper murders, both prior to and after Jack. And they could be very similar. We do know that the police have often held this, and long held, that he was a former Navy man, or at least in the armed services. So, maybe? That's okay. You know, that's not a bad thing. Gajkowski fits that. But at the same time, it is likely that a person who has the background necessary to make a Zodiac-like suspect based alone on their military experience would have to be much more, I don't want to say into it, but much more prevalent than it is in Gajkowski's case. Arthur Lee Allen was much more identified with his time in the service than Gajkowski was. That's key. And I think this becomes an important part when you look at how we treat a suspect once they've come to light. To light. Jay Poole, for example. There are, some, there are a lot of coincidences with Poole. But what's interesting is that none of them connect together. Gajkowski's, on the other hand, do. There has been the thought, a long thought, that whoever committed the crimes, at least the last two, I'll get to the first two in a second, 
had intimate knowledge of the investigation that was going on and the crimes themselves, of course. Gajkowski, as a journalist, would have that sort of access, even if he was the anti-cop journalist. There is still an access that journalists have to information that is far-reaching. They also talk. It's not unusual for a police officer to go to a friendly journalist, drop a piece of information, and before that journalist does anything with it, for that information to be out within other journalists in their circle, both police-friendly and not, if the two-killer theory is right. And I'm leaning towards it, really. The information that ended up in the letters easily could have gotten to Gajkowski through secondhand, and he could have been the killers in San Francisco and Lake Berryessa. It's possible. It's unlikely. But I think there's a couple of neat little things that, you know, when you triangulate all the places he lived and people he knew and all of that, there is some good study of how that affects the likelihood of a suspect being the killer uh, that was done by the FBI throughout the 90s and early 2000s. And uh, computer, I don't want to call it crimometrics, but uh, analysis of the various forms is very powerful. And it has shown that there are usually places of likelihood at certain distances and roadways actually play a part of this. What you can do is you can actually look at a series of murder sites and figure out what roads are more likely and less likely for the criminal to use on a regular basis. There's this idea that killers rarely kill close to home, which is not true, actually. It's, it's much more nuanced. But there's also the theory that killers who do kill close to home do so using a very particular path. The key is their comfort in their ingress and egress, which makes sense. If I'm going to do something that is going to put me in that much danger of being caught, I'm going to want to have a very clear path that I know and can predict. I talk about this a lot in uh, Ripperology things, where I really believe that the Goulston Street Graffito doesn't have anything to do with Jack the Ripper himself. It does have to do with him realizing he has less control over Whitechapel or less knowledge of what's going on because it popped up in a place that he had been recently. It, in essence, showed that he didn't know the area as well, so thus he can't quite be as predictable, so his next crime is going to be in a more controlled setting. This, of course, ties beautifully to Lake Berryessa and then the murder of Paul Stein. Very similar. I've talked about that a lot, though, so let's not go there again. (laughs) Gajkowski looks like a couple of the drawings. He certainly doesn't look like what Brian Hartnell described at Lake Berryessa. That's just not him. But there are a lot of different ideas there. I think his position in the counterculture has become more important now than it was then. And I think there's a bunch of reasons for that, but one of it is this sort of lean of current, I don't want to say scientific, but people who are investigating using a modern lens, we see the counterculture through its end, and particularly 1960s counterculture, because we associate it with the Manson family, with Altamont, with ultimately the violent end 
of the age of Aquarius, more or less. So people who are tied in with that idea become more prominent, more prevalent, realistically more dangerous in our eyes. Hence, I could see that being what happens here. If you look to Richard Gajkowski just based on what evidences we have, he's a decent suspect. I still put him just below Arthur Lee Allen as a potential, but I don't think he's Zodiac. I think we've attached too much to the journalist part of his life. On the other hand, I think that he is a fascinating figure in the Bay Area at the time. And I think we need to look more at that, at why that is, how that is, honestly. Because to understand Zodiac, we have to understand why we're looking at particular people. And I think we're looking at Richard Gajkowski, not for bad reasons, but for reasons that show our bias. You cannot remove bias from anything, really, but from investigation of crime, it's impossible. Even the most scientific of processes, such as DNA, A processing, there is still bias built in of all sorts. But you have to understand that those biases are often built on foundations of observed reality. Doesn't make them right, but it does show that as the sciences, as forensics, as all of it has evolved, how we process information as humans and computers that we've done, we've designed them along the lines of human mental processing. It really makes it more understandable, clearer, I guess, to how we get to where we got. Next week, I'm going to do Earl Van Best. It might even be the week after. He's a suspect I am not fond of. I'm not fond of any of them, but he's not one that I you know, put a lot of stock in. But it's an interesting note. And after that, I'm going to do the big, uh, these are all the also-rans and the weird ones that pop out of nowhere. If you have a favorite suspect, let me know. I would love to include them. I've got a few ranging from Ted Kaczynski to the various uh, Steve Hodel, or George Hodel, uh, Steve Hodel's father, Hodel, to all sorts of other one-offs, including one that I had never heard before, uh, the Zodiac Killer as a Woman, which I'm interested in. But you'll hear some more when that comes up in a few weeks now. So thanks for listening to Zodiac Speaking. I'm Chris Garcia.